What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 44 of the Whatnots Review Show. My name is Kyle Springer, and that is Melissa Wilkinson. It sure is me. Yeah, it, it, it sure <laughs> is you. Hopefully it's you. <laughs> Peels off skin. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. Um, no, so each each week here on yes. the review show, we uh, we pick a different story and talk about it. This week is the second of our Valentine's Day slash romance uh, episodes. I guess we can do romance episodes whenever we want. We don't have to line them up with uh, Hallmark holidays. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we we you did an episode last week on pushing daisies mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun i ended yeah. up liking that a lot m- 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 more than i was expecting to uh and this week uh one of the things that i pitched was spider-man blue yes which is by jeff Loeb and tim sale uh they are a fantastic creative t- team mm-hmm. uh and this is a book kind of about spider-man reflecting on gwen stacy yeah, it's uh, a graphic novel that's Peter Parker as an adult recording in this old tape recorder. Like, this isn't a modernized story. This is set kind of around the time when Spider-Man was originally published, it seems like, even though it's a story from, like, the early 2000s. And he's recording in an old tape recorder, like, hey, Gwen, I know you can't listen to this, but I just need to tell you my side of the story anyway. And it's about the way his romance with Gwen started and ended and the way his romance with MJ started. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's an inter- interesting book. But I want to know why you picked this book. I've never read any Spider-Man solo. I've read him uh, appearing in other books before, like Infinity Gauntlet, which has everybody in it pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never read a Spider-Man solo story. And I always liked the human aspects i always like the peter stuff more than the actual spider-man stuff and i knew these were two great loves of his life but i'd never been told like oh well if you love peter and mj you have to read this book if you love peter and gwen you have to read this book it didn't seem like there was one prolific romance-centered title from the series and then you pitch me one i'm like okay that's what i've been looking for like a very romance-centered spider-man story there you go yeah there's uh I think there was one, I don't remember the name of it. I think there's another one that's in the perspective of Mary Jane. Huh. And like how she falls in love with Peter Parker. I could be getting that wrong though. I don't remember what it's called. I think it is more like it's a graphic novel thing. And I think it's more like a young teen mm-hmm. focused book. I mean, I, I guess most comics are, but that one, like, very blatantly. So, like, hey, here's a comic for young teen girls, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, Spider-Man Blue. I've been wanting to, to read this book for a while. Mm-hmm. You're um, a big Spider-Man fan, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Oh, I'm sorry. It's um, my favorite character. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't insult me at my Spider-Man <laughs> Thinking. I, I I have a spider. I'm just. It's right here on the wall. I'll pick it up. But the oh. Spider-Man No More. It's just a <laughs> stupid little canvas thing you can buy at like Target. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Not that I. I guess buying Spider-Man canvases from Target pr- 
prove that I'm a Spider-Man fan or anything like that. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm here in my podcast studio and I'm looking at Spider-Man memorabilia. Um, But that being said, yeah, there's um, a couple similar books to this one. There's a series of graphic novels, um, I guess kind of commonly referred to as the color series. Yeah. At least that's what I've typically called mm-hmm. them. Um, and it's Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, Spider-Man Blue, and Captain America White. Um, and each of these books kind of focus on the characters usually early on in their career and are, are centered around some kind of relationship mm. that they have. Hulk is... Um, Bruce and Betty. Daredevil is him and Karen Page. Spider-Man is him and Gwen Stacy. And Captain America is Captain America and Bucky. And and just what it you know what it what it was like to like start your careers and have this major thing kind of grow out of that this major relationship. Um, but I've, I, I've, I've heard this series was good. I hadn't really read any of them until a couple y- years ago. Uh, I've read Hulk Gray and Daredevil Yellow b- before. So this now marks the third one mm-hmm. that I have read. And I still have Captain America White to read. Then you'll have the whole rainbow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not really, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm excited to start talking about this. This is one of uh, like a personal favorite creative team oh. of mine. They don't they 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 did a number of graphic novels together. Um, and most notably, I think is Batman: The Long Halloween. Okay, um, which is one of my favorite Batman stories as well. It's a fan fantastic story. Um, but yeah, Jeff Loeb and Tim Hale are the creative team. They did all of the color series, stuff like that. They have this very unique style um, that that you, you you just don't see that stylized that often. Okay. Um, and Jeff Loeb is now, I think, head of like Marvel TV. He's, he's the one in charge of like Agents of Shield and all the Marvel Netflix shows and stuff like that. Um, not that he's actually writing them, mm-hmm. but he like I think he's the head honcho. Okay. With all of that stuff, but yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Can you think of any housekeeping that we need to do? Ah, uh, cheapers. Well, we have a Twitch. And yeah. we also put that Twitch conveniently directly up on our website at the whatnots.com slash live streams, right? Yep, that is you're, correct. You're the URL master. So you can watch what we are doing live if you want to. And you can go to either of those pages and just watch it and chat with us. And we're always happy to see you and say hi. And we like when you reach out to us and follow us on Twitter or um our Patreon, we like that. We like getting some dollars. We like money. It is good. <laughs> yeah, we live stream these every Sunday at noon, uh, and then the episodes go live every Wednesday. However, mm-hmm. if you'd like to get them 
early, that is where our Patreon comes in. And if you support us at the $1 level, you can get all our episodes early. What a bargain. Yeah, it's it's a steal. And it's not just <laughs> this show, but it's our Captain's Log show as yeah. well. You get all of those episodes early. So that's eight episodes a month early for a dollar. It's fantastic. Bargain bit. Um, I, we already mentioned the Pushing Daisies episode. Go yeah, check that out. That listen was to that with your right sweetheart or your dog or your crime-solving partner or your kitchen. Your kitchen exactly. would love to listen to this together with you. I mean, if you have a sentient kitchen, I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff you can do with your kitchen. So, <laughs> That being said, uh, I don't think I did our little social media intro stuff. It, we did at the start before we actually started doing the yeah. episode thing. So it was I'm very do pushy. It once more, as I said, my name is Kyle Springer, and that is Melissa Wilkinson. Hello, it's, party peoples. It's still me. Don't worry. Yeah. Still you. Hopefully it's still you. That'd be strange. I don't know. Those symbiotes work fast. First you said you were you were Spider-Man. Now you're someone. I don't even know what's what's happening now. Um, that being said, let's get into our spoiler territory. Uh, so if you have not read this book yet, please go check it out. It is free to read on Comixology Unlimited. Yes. Uh, so if you have that, you can go check it out there. And if not, I highly recommend picking it up because this is a fantastic book. Yeah, so. and it takes place during largely the winter time, and it is winter now yes. as we record this. So if you're stuck inside well, in the snow and you want to read a story that also is place snow in it, on Valentine's Day. Yes, is the thing which I didn't even know. I was just like, oh, this is a good story about him reflecting on Gwen, and then it's like, nope, it's Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, perfect. This is great. <laughs> So there you go. Here's our spoiler alert for you guys. Uh, and from here on out, we're going to be getting into this story, talking about it. We might end up spoiling some things for you. So there you go. That's your chance. To be fair, it seems like it operates the way just Spider-Man canon goes. And you know this better than I do. Is this canonically very different than the larger Spider-Man universe and how everything goes down. No, th this was it. <laughs> okay. This is, it's, I mean, it's, it's a different like version. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, it is what happened, uh, but it's from like a different side. Okay. If that makes sense. Like we weren't told the story in this manner before. Okay. Um, but yeah, you you do get the the things where Green Goblin figures out that Peter mm -hmm. Parker is Spider Man. That I know uh, from and the movies. Yeah, Spider Man <laughs> knows from. So, all right. Fun fact: the yes. scene in that very first Tobey Maguire movie mm -hmm. where he um, is beating up the Green Goblin and yes. does the backflip over the like air glider thing, and that's what hurts. G -g Green Goblin in the comics that's right after Green Goblin kills Gwen or okay. I guess right after Peter accidentally kills her yeah um, but he, yeah he like he flips out and he goes after Green Goblin and that's when he just beats the snot out of him um, but 
yeah, in 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 the old comics, it's been I want to say like six to eight years since I've read those issues. Uh-huh. Um, one of my goals is to read all of the Spider-Man issues ever, or at least all of the ama- the amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I've I've read those early issues, and Green Goblin figures out that Peter Parker is spider-man and he's just like i'm just gonna fuck with you i'm oh. I'm gonna mess with you and everyone you know and love and all of that stuff and yeah him and harry osborne weren't really best friends yet like they were they were more like childhood friends like we okay. know we you know you lived in that neighborhood i was over here we saw each other and yeah eventually in college they moved in together and uh stuff like that um they didn't really do a like this is how we met kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I I, I remember. I, I don't know the issue numbers, but I remember it was when Peter got to college. That's when he first met Gwen Stacy. Okay. But it it was. It it it, 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 it was like she was the like popular girl. Uh, where, you know, everyone was staring at, at her. She could get whoever she wanted. And he's just this bookworm nerd. Mm-hmm. I need to get to c- class. I'm going to be late. And he just walks by and pays her no more mind. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, that's weird. Like, usually <laughs> everyone notices me. <laughs> and so it's like she kind of took it on her, like, as as a personal challenge like i'm gonna get him to notice me oh and so yeah and then it's like they're lab partners and then there's this and there's that and they you know they keep crossing paths and stuff like that um and at the same time that's when they're building up mj Mm -hmm. they kind of mention it in in this sorry i know i'm kind of monologuing no no like this is the uh, stuff i wanted to learn about because i don't know i've seen the movies but i do not know the actual comic backstories yeah so uh peter also didn't know mj until college um and a lot of the the early years of him being spider-man he got bit when he was in high school yeah Uh, so he had like three or four years of him being spider-man before he went to college and met go and stacy and you know all all of that stuff so they weren't there right away Mm -hmm. at, at the start um but yeah, it was the, the, this whole thing with like, well, uh, Aunt May is getting a little lonely. I have one of my best friends who's also around the same age. Why don't we just these two old maids get, get a house together and start living it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the thing where Aunt May was trying to set Peter up with MJ, MJ and she kept saying, oh, she's beautiful. She's this, she's that, but we never saw her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just over like a year or two in the comics, they just kept like, oh, she's amazing. She's so pretty. She's this, she's that. And the few times you did get to see her, she was like hidden behind something. <laughs> it, it's 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 like those stupid movies where like the male character is naked and everything just happens to be like right in front. Oh, yes. The Austin Powers situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that, that, that stuff. But like with her like upper torso just like you just don't get to see her maybe you got to see her leg you, you, you know oh, so it's this, oh okay it, so she's like cerebellum from the powerpuff girls yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and and so it's just this it's this air of like mystery of like who is she but at the same time peter just does not care at all he's like actively trying to get out of it like oh i i said i was going to stay late at school that day aunt may sorry i can't, i can't meet mary jane you know and then they didn't really mention it but he double booked himself that night when he met her finally he was supposed to go study with goen Mm -hmm. um and then that's why aunt may was like oh but you were supposed to meet mary jane tonight and he does a thing where he opens up the door and that's the first time you see her and she says the words face it tiger you just hit the jackpot um which is really strange because mj 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 uh, totally is the like sassy one. She's the yeah. firecracker. She's the one that uh, she's very attr- attractive and she knows it. Oh. And she goes on to be an actress and a supermodel and you know, all of that stuff. Whereas Gwen knows she's attractive but is a lot more down to earth. Like, I'm not gonna be a model. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, mm. I'm just, let's just have fun while it lasts. Um, and so it was really odd to see Kirsten Dunst playing her because she's just this very bland, like, that's not MJ at all. <laughs> yeah, that she's was so much more sassy. One thing I took out of this, because I know the Kirsten Dunst MJ, and every time I see her in a comic book, I'm always amazed at how much she looks like MJ. Like, um, I imagine some recent comics may kind of look at her as an example when drawing the character. But I think we went when we went back and read a Venom story that had MJ in it, you know, in a brief appearance. I'm like, oh, I can see how they looked at this and nominated Kirsten Dunst for the role. Like, it seems like she matches visually, but I was very surprised that she. This is like a very she was just bold, brassy, flirty MJ, and the one from the movies is a lot more just like. Kind of sweet girl next door, like confident, but not like that's, super outgoing. Yeah, that's more of like what Gwen was. Mm. Not exactly, but the, just that that more mellowed out, like, yeah, just like oh, the the girl next door type of thing. Yeah, um, I but like... they they did they did kind of compete like the, the, that scene where it's like I'm gonna read you this book because you're sick in bed. <laughs> I brought soup because you're sick in bed. <laughs> you will eat my soup and not listen to her read this book. I've you not know? actually read an Archie comic, but I presume it goes exactly like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Both of you leave. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, so that's that's kind of, I mean, how things mm-hmm. happened. And this is just, like, a much more condensed, quicker version mm-hmm. uh, as as he's kind of narr- narrating the whole thing uh, and giving you new pers- perspective on his thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah. So there you go. What are you thinking? Because I, I just talked for 20 minutes. No, that's what so. I wanted. I have even more comic continuity questions beyond that, but they're little things and we can get to them later. I like this that's comic. Good. I think this functioned very well as a romance story. Like, I think I, so too. Yeah, I think MJ and Gwen are both like uh, they're both strong characters in this and they're both being really flirty with Peter 
and you can tell it comes from within themselves and it's not just like and then the hot girls throw themselves at the nerd it's like yeah. oh no they both individually genuinely like peter and they're competing with each other but not like in a really passive aggressive way like it's they don't go really into it what one of them thinks about the other but it seems like they might kind of be having fun with it like they're not glaring so, at each other the original was i think spider-man i don't remember the exact date but he came out in the 60s mm-hmm. is, is when they were making his comics i don't think it was till like late 60s early 70s is when kind of gwen stacy's death was a thing mm-hmm. uh but they're in college at this t- t- time so they're like 20 years old oh. here in th- in this story they're like maybe a sophomore age ish um but yeah it's it's that w- weird thing where it's kind of set back in the like late 60s early 70s when the comics were out but it's also kind of new because peter mentions that the tape recorder he has is like an old thing oh yeah like he says it might have belonged to ben that's true yeah so i don't know i i, I don't remember when this book actually came out uh um, there was some little like uh when tim sale I'm would like write like his signature in the corner of a big splash page he would date it and it looked like it was from like 2002 2003 okay. that sound right somewhere around there mm-hmm. i believe but uh, yeah, I I I think I think this does focus a lot on the romance, and I think it works really well on yeah. on that because you you see him falling in love with this girl that, as he says, like he's not gonna get to spend the rest mm-hmm. of his la la life with, but she spent the rest of hers <sighs> with him, Rough. which is such, such a like. <laughs> it's so sad, and it's such a a down-to-earth realistic comic like peter isn't like angsting and he isn't like oh which one do i choose like it's not like that it's don't like, read those old 60s comics yeah. it's like <laughs> he really likes gwen and then mj appears and he's like oh i'm really taken by her immediately too but he's not like so confident in himself that it's like well i can only have one of them like he's not even entirely sure if he could have either of them because like will he be able to get gwen is harry gonna take mj Mm -hmm. yeah so it's there's not too much of a conflict over the fact that there's two of them flirting with him because he doesn't know what either thing is going to turn into like he's very hopeful but he's not like well, this can only go one of two ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, hey, polygamy is a thing. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I think something else that really worked in terms of the romance for me in this book was when Mary Jane went upstairs and found him, like, recording yeah. these t- tapes. Um, and I... I guess she must have been sitting outside the do- mm. door and heard him and was listening for a little while, while uh and just her her understanding yeah because um, i like she knew her too mm-hmm. and i i think something that's kind of a new insight is how mary jane he he mentions that it is this more go-getter is this more like yeah. i'm just gonna go 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 do my thing take what i want party all the time but then as he says in the thing like the the, the death of 
Gwen kind of brought her back down to earth and mm-hmm. made her realize, hey, the party does end at some point. Yeah. So you kind of need to take what you have here and cherish that. And I had um, no idea that there was a continuity where the two of them were ever really in the story at the same time kind of yeah. playing similar roles. Yeah. They they were all kind of in the same friend mm-hmm. group. Um, and they went out to the, the diners yeah. together. They had their awkward m- m- moments where it's like, do I sit next to Peter? Do I sit next to Harry? Yeah. Do I sit next to G- Gwen? You mm-hmm. know? Um, and it, 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 they just do the thing where it's, yeah, maybe I like her. Well, you know what? She pissed me off this one time. Maybe I like her, you know? <laughs> Um, so it, it it does do the will they won't they mm-hmm. who's he gonna pick uh, stuff and then yeah what was interesting is when um, when the 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 issue of Gwen Stacy's death a lot of comics would put the title of the issue and all that stuff at the start of the comic mm-hmm. um, and and every every now and again you'd see one that comes up at the end but they were adamant that they didn't want the title in there until the end um because it was the the thing you read this issue and all of this stuff had they they used to pack so much Mm. into these older comics where the goblin starts to remember stuff and he's like oh shit it's peter uh and so he ends up kidnapping gwen and there's a thing where the, there's a bus full of children on one side and there's Gwen on one side. What do you do? And at the end, yeah, like he tries to do both of them and the whiplash snaps Gwen's neck. And when Peter finally realizes that that's what happened, you turn the page and that's the title page and it says the death of of Gwen Stacy and so it was like this thing like a lot of comics kind of spoil you on stuff before it actually happens you know Marvel will announce the death of Wolverine is coming up read these next six issues well now I don't need to read them I know what happens he dies you know dies yeah and then he's he's come back now um but yeah it's this thing of like they didn't want to actually spoil it and it worked so well uh and i i I wish comics did more of that the the haze days but this book i think does a fantastic job of just giving you an alternate perspective of just hey here's what he was actually thinking Mm -hmm. here's you know here's him reflecting on that and here's some insight that you didn't yeah. know. And you know? it doesn't go to the death, which I kind of appreciated. Like, it's it stops, like, that night while he's, like, fighting Green Goblin or whatever. And then it flashes forward to just him in the attic with his tape recorder. Like, you don't actually watch Gwen die. You don't watch the apt- aftermath yeah. of that. He just talks about it to the tape recorder. Like, Gwen, you know, after you died, like, Mary Jane really changed. And she just started to take things more seriously and she couldn't have had a relationship with me if that didn't happen if she didn't or have it, that at, at least call. it wouldn't have been a lasting yeah. one yeah 
which they've gotten married and they've gotten divorced and they've <laughs> been apart and been together. <laughs> so who knows if it's actually a really lasting one, you know? But, <laughs> it seems like it's lasting in this individual story, whatever yeah. continuity yeah, it's, thread it's in. It's one of the tropes that people mm. remember. So I'm I'm sure in the long run, it will always be a, a, a on again, off again thing with Mary J- Jane. So... Uh, what yeah. else are no, you I, thinking? Did you want to t- talk about the art some? Uh, I just want to close off and say that uh, I really liked seeing the effect that Gwen's death had on somebody besides Peter. Yeah. That, like I said, I didn't know that her and Gwen were like peers at any point. I think both those characters are in like the third Spider-Man movie with the dancing, which I enjoy yeah. just as like, a bonkers spectacle that exists out there in the world. Gwen Stacy appears once. Yeah. And she's just like a random blonde g- girl who's like, oh my god, save me! And then that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so I I didn't know that there was versions of the story where no, they are peers. They're like, yeah. if not in the same literal class, the same metaphorical class with each other. Yeah. And so it's nice to see somebody besides Peter and like Gwen's oh. immediate family mourning Gwen and being affected by Gwen's loss. That wasn't something I was really expecting like when you told me about the story i imagined it might be like he doesn't meet mj till like years later or something or like maybe she's off at a different college and comes back and this has happened to him and it's her just kind of appreciating like oh you really changed who peter is and i kind of appreciate that in a weird way because you've made him mature and you've made him like a, a a greater more sensitive man or something like that but i was not expecting Gwen herself say or MJ herself saying I miss Gwen Gwen was a good yeah. friend <laughs> yeah that makes sense did you have something that you wanted to uh, talk about next I just wanted to talk briefly Let's about how this is really a story about Peter and Gwen and MJ but there's also a lot of time spent on the supporting characters but not too much I feel like it does really well balancing the supporting characters because he also has a lot of observations on May and on the Osborne family and on what did you Flash think of May? Thompson. Oh, I was surprised to go back to Good a very old May, <laughs> but I liked her. Oh, she now, was sweet. If anyone in the Spider-Man universe needs to die, it is Aunt no. May. No, no, she's me. I'm that. <laughs> she has been around way too long. She has been through way too much. That woman is invincible, and it is ridiculous. No, like, I like it. <laughs> I look. I can suspend my disbelief for a guy who got bit by, by a radioactive spider and now has spider powers, but an old woman that just won't die no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I I do like the younger ants, uh, as opposed to like the. I, I don't under are you a great aunt is there like a 20 year gap between you and like your husband and then your husband and his brother who had peter like yeah. she is she started out too you would like old the ultimate spider-man comics then because she's a little bit younger she still mm-hmm. has the like white hair okay but she's a lot more spunky and she you know, is she, she like the one from those recent like disney xd cartoons I only saw season one of Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, uh, so I don't really remember. Oh, it sounds like that one. I'm, she's, I'm a she's big a fan lot of more, the if, if Marissa Tomei had white 
hair and like a short pixie cut yes that's uh, the one i'm thinking of. yeah and was just, just a lot more spunky and could still yeah. do stuff or if you've yeah. seen uh into the spider-verse yes that one that's yeah that's a good aunt may that's a good aunt aunt, aunt may um yeah that that's my hot t- take aunt may needs to die <laughs> just move on <laughs> i accept the older aunt mays but if there's any comic continuities out there with the younger ones i need them to live you, you need an into the aunt may verse yes <laughs> where all the all aunt the mays. mays team up <laughs> um what you also mentioned flash Th- thompson what, what are yeah. your thoughts on flash thompson he's actually a really interesting character i think yeah, I'm not super familiar with that one. I just have a general idea of who he is because he's not really in like the, the Maguire movies very much or not terribly much in the Garfield he's, movies. And they take a completely different take on him in the Holland movies. Yeah, but I knew that I think they mentioned him in the Maguire ones. Or you see him like punch him and and that's it. Yeah, yeah. But I liked him that he's like... He sees Peter getting all these girls and he's not like angry about it. He's more like he's more like self-reflective, like, is there something Mm. missing from me? Like, why can't I do that? Yeah, yeah. I like that he's not just straight out bully angry about it. That he's like, Well, I need to do something. I need to make a change. Like he doesn't blame anybody but himself. And like he's so inspired by Spider-Man, he's like I need to be a hero like Spider-Man. I'm going to go join the army, which might be like a hasty choice, but at least he's, he's taken steps. Which he's is trying what to he do does something. in the comics, too. He absolutely hates Puny Parker. <laughs> and it, it just he is the biggest fan of Spider-Man. And I think, I, I don't know if it's uh, in high school or in college, but he starts the Spider-Man fan club, like extra curricular. It's a school Good club they have a bu- 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 they have a budget and everything you know um and he just absolutely is in love with him and it's hilarious uh and then yeah he does the the thing where he's just like you know what i need to do something more with my yeah, life and so I he like joins that. the army and for a good couple years he's not in the comics uh and then eventually comes back um and then in more recent times uh ends up becoming paralyzed from oh. the waist d- 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 down and then uh becomes a host for the venom symbiote uh, and then oh. joins <laughs> the guardians of the G- galaxy as v- 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 venom and then <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's ridiculous the guy is going places <laughs> wow what yeah. a big journey for Flash Thompson. Yeah. He gets to but go no, to space. So I I, th- I think it's, uh, what were they on? Spider-Man 700 was the one with the collaged cover. So I think it's 800 or, or like 799. It's somewhere around there uh, when Dan Slott is ending his run on the current uh, Spider-Man comics, mm-hmm. which, by the way, were blocked on on twitter by dan slot and we have been for years uh i don't know why did you do i didn't do anything we never even talked to, to, to him but we're blocked by dan slot uh anyways uh his run on spider-man uh is generally fantastic um mm. 
But when he was leaving, you know, he he does the kind of celebratory issues of like, oh, yeah. hey, here's some, here let's let's reflect on everything we've done and fight a villain that is more like reflective on like the journey we've taken so far, you know, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, and there's, uh, I, I don't remember if Flash dies or he comes back or something i don't remember but somehow i i think peter kind of reveals that he is spider-man and it's this it's this like revelatory moment for for flash who's who's just like fuck i get it now like if i had known this in this entire time like i wouldn't have been the the jerk to 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 you that i have been like i like he like he finally just puts the pieces together and he's just like i have been a terrible person Mm -hmm. i'm so sorry oh that's good yeah and i was just like oh i like this this is fantastic um but yeah let's 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 move on a little bit to the Mm -hmm. artwork what did you think of the art I liked the art a lot. And uh, Tim Sale, if I remember correctly, did the comic art that appeared within the TV show Heroes. I wouldn't be surprised. And his artwork for that looked a lot different. It was... I think maybe Jeff Loeb worked on that, too? I don't know. I don't remember. Or I might be thinking of Brian K. Vaughn. Who knows? Either way, I don't remember who both Jeff Loeb and Brian K. Vaughn worked on Lost. I think I know yep. Brian K. Vaughn did. I don't remember if those Jeff names Loeb sound did. familiar. I've watched through Lost a couple times, so I probably picked <laughs> them up have. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both love Lost. Um, yeah, uh, Tim Sale did the comic art that appeared within Heroes, and it was very different. Like it was a lot of like big, bold outlines and harsh shadows, and it was a little. Mm-hmm angular and this looks much different than that so i was i was glad to see a range from him it's yeah it it, that is his style it's this very loose kind of more expressive line Mm -hmm. work um most of it is usually all the same line weight but he does use very thick shadows like shadows are are just these big black swatches and Mm -hmm. um that's it's typical for a lot of comics but he again he has his his own way of doing it where it's more expressive than just like okay we need to fill in this part with black um it is very much you can see like oh he's using either some kind of mm-hmm. like pen and ink or he's using yeah. and it, it's it's not yeah it's not your typical like greek god looking characters and stuff yeah like that. it is this okay that guy has a crooked nose and this guy mm-hmm. has these like bulging eyes and this guy has the, you know these awkward lanky fingers and st- mm-hmm. you know stuff like that so yeah um it's it's just it's it's something you don't see as often. I, I guess nowadays you're starting to see it every now and then, just to, mm-hmm. to have this super stylized artwork. But a lot of times, both Marvel and DC stick to a certain like house style. Yeah. Like, hey, tr- try your best to make it look like Jim Lee, you know, mm-hmm. and his art artwork and stuff like that. 
Um, so t to get these kind of one-off graphic novels where it's stylized is was kind of rare. Yeah, it looks a lot like comics from the time would look, I imagine, having not read the old ones. The, but you kind of just through cultural osmosis get what comics in the 60s kind of looked like. Have we, have you and I read anything of like Ed Brubaker crime type? I feel like we have. I know you, I did Velvet. Uh, that was know, just before I joined you. I yeah. think you might have pitched me a couple of Brubaker crime stories, but I didn't actually pick any of them. So a lot of the artists he works with, usually Sean Phillips, mm -hmm. they do this very classical uh, kind of like 50s advertising, like what you would see in like 50s okay. advertising yeah. art style, like leave it to beaver style looking characters that's what a lot of those older 60s comics look, look like mm -hmm. um there is a little bit of variation because peter parker is very skinny when he first you know yeah. when he's 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 puny parker you know mm -hmm. um, and and so i i think this does a good job of taking those references and that that like that style and fashion sense and then making it his own if, mm -hmm. if that makes sense like I, yeah. I i've also read hulk gray and daredevil yellow and i really felt like the artwork worked amazingly well for daredevil because uh, both daredevil and spider-man are more street level yes. <laughs> heroes but daredevil also kind of like he works in the shadows more he has this more noir feeling to his character and so it works really well for that spider-man doesn't necessarily have that noir stylings mm -hmm. but he is still a street level character so it works to be like oh hey here's harry osborn with his like bug eyes and like weird looking nose he's, like, he yeah just, he's angular yeah like he he, he looks more like a real per person mm -hmm. if that makes sense despite mm -hmm. it being stylized yeah one thing i noticed about the artwork is that it has a lot of big splash pages but they're not pages for like action maybe not necessarily it's a lot of big portraits of somebody mm -hmm. it made me think of peter parker as a photographer yeah. like there's a lot of big panels in this book that do look just like a photograph that Peter would take of like, yeah. here's a shot of Mary Jane. Here's like a, like, it's not necessarily a Spider-Man action shot. It's like, from a comic book perspective, it's like the shot Peter would set up his camera to take of him as Spider-Man. And I thought that matched really well with, you know, Peter telling his own story, like not just being the narrator, but actually recording into a tape recorder. I remember when I was young and these were all the things going on in my life, you know, when photography was a pretty big part of that life, I guess. He doesn't stop and talk about it very much. It's more mm -hmm. of a plot device than like a legitimate character trait. But right. oh, they felt like photographs to me. And I thought that was kind of neat. Interesting. So I, I didn't make that connection, though that does make sense. There is a lot of also jazz influence in oh, this book. Yeah. Um, the first issue, I think all the issues are named after a famous jazz song. The first one, mm -hmm. I think, is the most obvious one, um, being My Funny Valentine. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I and and at the end of the book when he describes how he feel like like thinking back on all of this, how does this make mm-hmm. me feel? He says it makes me feel blue, not as in yeah. the, the color, but as in jazz. Like, yeah, just the nostalgia and mm-hmm. stuff that that comes with that. It's it's a very sad, quiet moment. Uh, yeah, for for him, and I I I think despite that and the like titles of the single issues, I felt like the rhythm of the comic moves fairly quickly and has a yeah. kind of a jazzy feel but hitting back t- to these bigger splash pair mm-hmm. not splash pages per se but just these bigger yeah. panels that are yes. portraits of these mm-hmm. people um a lot of jazz a- albums did stuff like that where it was a portrait of that of the p- p- person oh. right? like it it's a portrait of miles davis or a portrait of bill everett and his trio you know um and that like that was kind of the artwork of these these things it's them with their instruments or it's that you know and here it's go and stacy looking back at him as he leaves the hospital right and it's this almost like portrait glamour shot of of her like looking back and smirking you know Mm -hmm. um there's uh there's shots of mj in the same way there's shots of peter in this in the same way and it's these yeah it's these character moments and their stories and i think that's kind of what a jazz album is it's their thoughts and reflections and it's a story that they have to tell so it's it's a neat neat little yeah this is a fairly simple story but there is a lot going on in it yeah yeah there is quite a bit that Mm -hmm. is for sure uh was there anything else you wanted to mention Uh, i had two quick like just marvel continuity questions because they would mention things and i needed to ask a real comic book person about them so they see uh okay they're all having a party and flash sees spider-man like swoop past the window but everybody else doesn't see him Mm -hmm. and i think like gwen or mj leans out and looks and it's like oh yeah i see the invisible woman in her invisible plane with her invisible dog and I know, oh, that's Sue Storm, who was in the same place at about the same time. Maybe she does have an invisible plane. I've never heard of the Fantastic Four having an invisible dog. Is that real? Or was that, that just I like a of. joke? Okay, because I'm like, there's I, no way they have an invisible I, dog, and I've never heard about it. So, yes, Sue Storm does exist in this universe. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know if they have a invisible plane. I know they have the Fantastic Car. Uh, and spider-man at one point had the spider buggy oh yes Uh, (laughs) um but yeah i mean it it, like it can also sometimes comic books will do the thing where like the comic books of the marvel universe are like weird references to the dc universe because wonder woman has an invisible 
plane. But she doesn't have an invisible dog. Like, no. that seems like something what? the Fantastic Four would have because they're all weird and sciencey. Ultimately, I think they're just fucking okay. them. They're just, just like, oh, sure yeah, Flash out we sure saw dog. him, just like we saw the invisible woman. <laughs> Idiot, you know? <laughs> like, what a loser. <laughs> okay, there's no real dog. Okay, yeah. I was tricked, just like Flash. And uh, towards the beginning of the comic, when Peter is in J. Jonah Jameson's office, mm-hmm. like they're talking about some other reporter that they might send for a photography assignment. And instead they send Peter because that other guy is covering the Tony Stark trial. And mm-hmm. I imagine Tony has been on trial a couple times. But is there like a specific thing they're talking about? I, I actually don't know what okay. exactly that's in reference to. Okay. Um considering this is happening early on in the marvel universe it might be something more along the lines of tony stark actually being revealed as iron man yeah i don't know if that's the case or not so take that with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. um or it it might just be something in tony's personal life yeah you know he is a weapon dealer yeah he's just in and out of court all the time probably i just didn't know it might be something with the government contract not necessarily having anything to do with iron man Mm -hmm. per se because i i know for a long time uh the like alter ego thing was that iron man was tony stark's personal body guard like that was the explanation like why does he always show up around stark towers is to, you know, he's like, oh, he's my personal security. <laughs> That'll fool him. Um, okay. I didn't know if, like, I'm reading these books with, like, two eyes, and you're reading them with, like, a magic third eye that opens up in your forehead because you know the comic stuff, and you're accessing it on levels I can't even comprehend. So I, I will mention this. Um, I, I've actually read more like early dc comics Mm -hmm. than they have marvel stuff the only like early marvel comics i've read has been spider-man and i i think i got like i want to say mid seven mid to late 70s is when i stopped it it was right around the time that black cat should have been showing up um but yeah, that, that, that I, in, in terms of like older Marvel comics, I, I actually don't know much of, of just like, okay. so I know the Fantastic Four have been around. I know this is their kind of story. I know Spider-Man has worked with them here and there. You know, he went to go be one of them at one p- p- point. He got kicked out and he was the Fantastic Bagman. <laughs> he had a plastic or he had a p- p- paper bag on top of his head as his mask and had a kick me sign on the back one more thing though i will say about continuity Uh that this book does not mention Mm. um they don't mention goen's father and everything that happened yeah captain stacy who is also dead uh and who also he he was a police officer died kind of in the line of duty spider-man was involved um there is a collection of the issues uh out uh that you you can get it's the the death of the stacys and it Mm -hmm. covers all of the stuff from how captain stacy died how spider-man was involved with that and then moving on 
to the, the stuff that we kind of saw in this mm-hmm. book where uh green goblin kind of figures out that spider-man is peter parker and he starts fucking with him and eventually kidnaps and stacy and that's how everything happens there mm-hmm. so that was that seemed a little odd to me that that wasn't even mentioned within this because she doesn't know that spider-man is peter parker you know so it's just this weird thing of like do i tell her that i was kind of involved in her father's death i mean it's it's almost like in pushing last week where the main character is involved in that character's father's death you know just mm-hmm. like, do I tell her? Do I not? What, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was a little bit strange. But this is only six issues long. It, it is yeah. more focused on the romance. So mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. But one yeah. more thing I would have... If you had another issue, that would have been nice to reflect yeah, on. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that because... This is weird. I have seen the second Amazing Spider-Man movie a couple times. I've never seen the first one. First... I say the first one is better. Second one just gets very b- b- bloated, but they're both weird. There's something about the second one I like for some weird reason. Uh, and I've been considering, even though I pretty much know how it goes, going back and watch the first one just so that I have that complete set done. But So I knew that was vaguely a thing going on based on the trailers and what they talk about in the second movie. But I didn't know, like... Maybe that was the thing they invented for the movie. Was it pre-existing? Who can nope. say? That's a thing. Captain okay. Stacy did. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> no more Captain Stacy. But yeah, I, I wanted to, to mention that because you uh, mentioned earlier a comment about Gwen's family, like yeah. mourning her. And it's like, well, she didn't really have any other family. So hmm. the only people in her funeral was like, Harry and MJ and Peter oh. and Aunt May and you know yeah. stuff like that. Um but yeah. Yeah. So now that we're kind of done talking about yeah. this book, um what what can you think of to recommend Ooh, if people liked this book? I just um, finished this like 2 hours ago. I haven't had time to come up with a if you liked X you may also like Y. This is kind of a hard one <laughs> yeah. for me, I, I, I think, to be like, oh, you should absolutely read this this mm-hmm. one book. Um, I I think in general, an easy sell is just go read the other books in the yeah. color series. Hulk Gray is surprisingly good. That was the first Hulk book I ever read, and it focuses on the early years of Hulk being Hulk. Uh, and his mm-hmm. relationship to Betty and that romance there, but it also kind of brings in this. Uh, so if if Spider-Man Blue kind of was influenced by jazz, Hulk Gray was more influenced by like old sci-fi horror monster oh, movies. Nice, because I mean that's what Hulk is. He's this yeah. giant monster, right? Um, that's him. So there's the kind of Frankenstein aspect and, you know, Wolfman, Dracula, just here's these monsters, here are these horrors, what do we do with them? Attack! Pitchforks! Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and then there's the, 
like a, a, a not really damsel in distress but there's always that like weird like sub like mm-hmm. sub theme of 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 like hey there's this erotic undertones of this woman who falls in love with this monster <sighs> creature thing you know um and just like he's just, he's just misunderstood uh there was also daredevil yellow um which uh is has more of a kind of crime noir feeling to it which is really neat um but it does focus on the relationship between matt and karen uh and foggy is in that as well so it's kind of a love triangle going on so it's kind of the relationship between the three but you can tell it's probably kind of leaning more towards Uh, matt and and karen i liked her and foggy Foggy together at least in the tv show um and i haven't read captain america white but that focuses more on the relation or like the the partnership between captain america and bucky who in the old comics bucky was only a kid yeah he was like the like same age best friend yeah it's like batman and robin like uh he 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 was a kid and i've not read that one yet that that um they actually only had done the 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 three of them and then had plans to do captain america white and didn't do that until a lot more recently i think like 2016 2017 ish Mm. is when that book finally came out um but but yeah I, i have yet to read that one i would recommend that as well and of course Batman The Long Halloween is a fantastic book. And then I think the sequel to that one is Batman Dark Victory, which is also mm. done by Jeff Loeb and Tim Hale. I would recommend those two. Okay. Well. Not that... romance stuff. No. Really. I've been trying to think of a but... good superhero romance story I could suggest. Um, I don't know. Go listen to the Bright Sessions. They're not superheroes, yeah. but they do have superpowers. Yeah. I can see that. That's also a very re- reflective. You, you yeah. get a lot of stuff on tape recorders. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Come listen to some Which bright it's, sessions. It's, it's good. an audio drama podcast and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Is there anything else I can I can think of? Yeah. I don't know if there's like a good. This isn't like a, a suggestion. It's more of a plug. But a friend of mine last summer did a podcast called Trifecta, where we would Mm -hmm. compare three different versions of something. It's Try with a Y. And there's an episode I recorded where we're talking about the three cinematic Spider-Men. So you can go look that up and find out why I like The Amazing Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Good man. Yeah. Um, Wait. So, yeah, that's right. You've only seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. I was was thinking you meant like Spider-Man 2 to oh, the toby Maguire that one i one. like I the like, best of all that's the best one yeah out of I those think three it's still like one of the my favorite superhero movies of any kind it's still I mean, very dated but yeah it, it is a it, little dated but like this is fantastic though yeah yeah um but yeah that being said go check that stuff out if you liked this uh i guess we haven't even really said happy valentine's day to everyone yes, this episode enjoy. is coming out uh this coming wednesday which is i guess the closest episode day before yes the, the day before yeah that's right I, I don't even know when valentine's day is i'm like oh, it's co- coming out on wednesday i don't oh. know when that is in relation to <laughs> oh, it's, valentine's day is thursday enjoy it with your 
sweetheart or your friends just or go your buy own yourself candy. Some candy. That's what I'm gonna yeah. go do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm gonna um, hand out Valentine's to my office though. We'll see how that goes. There you go. Um let's see. That being said, Melissa, it is your turn it's pitch time. to pitch what we are gonna potentially be doing for this next episode. What have you got for me? I decided it was about time we class up this joint, Kyle. Mm. I have three what movies. What are you trying to say? Huh? <laughs> I have three movies that are all best picture winners at the Oscars. Okay. And I also uh, made them romance ones, too. Ah, okay. Can't More stop, romance stop. stuff. So okay. we're, we're not ending our romance spree. Here we go. Yeah, this will probably be my last one uh, in the set, I guess, for the month of February. There you go. So pitch number one is last year's Best Picture winner, The Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro. And it's yeah. funny that earlier you were talking about a woman falling in love with a monster, because this is what it is. Yeah. It's set in 1962. Maybe a little more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's set in 1962, and there's a woman who is um, uh, part of the cleaning staff at this weird government test facility, and she falls in love with basically the creature from the Black Lagoon, who is being kept in like a, a science tank. Yeah, yeah, basically another Abe Sapien. There you go. Sounds good. I have yet mm -hmm. to see this film. I've seen it I've once. Heard fantastic it's, things. It's pretty neat. Sounds good. Uh, pitch number two is the 2012 Best Picture winner. Uh, this is a movie that was very popular the year it came out, but I feel like I haven't heard anybody talking about it since then. This is The Artist. This was directed by Michel Hazanovicius, I think. This is a French movie. It is a silent black That's and white movie. That's what I was movie. thinking. Okay, I was like, is yeah. this a silent one? Yes. It's set in um, like 1920s Hollywood, and I think it is about, because I've never seen this one. Hold okay. on. Let me pull up my IMDb, give you like a legit summary. The uh, an ego... An egomaniacal film star develops a relationship with a young dancer against the backdrop of Hollywood's silent era. I know it has a dog in it, and Dogs I know it is a really exciting execution of bringing back that old film style, which was used back then for practical reasons, because, like, well, we don't have sound, we don't have color yet, but in a world where we could do anything, this guy was like, mm, let's take it back. Let's do it all in black and white without any sound. Sounds well, good. I'm going to guess without any dialogue, there's probably music in it. I really don't know. <laughs> okay, and that was pitch number two. So what do you got for pitch number three? Pitch number three is uh, a very big, big Oscar winner. This is this ties for two other movies with the record of having the most Oscar wins at 11. And it's something people definitely still talk about today. This is Titanic. From there 1997, directed by James Cameron. We all know the story. You get on the boat. You're king of the world. You sleep together in that There's car. There's still room on the door, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how it goes. This is a movie I remember my family renting, you know, in 97, 98, when it was a huge we deal. We had it. It was the two VHSs. Yeah. It was one of those, yeah. those thick ones. That's what she said. <laughs> I mean, we imagine like two VHS tapes. 
<laughs> we rented this and we started watching it and I'm a little kid and we get through like the first, I don't know, hour, hour and a half of it. And then the flooding starts to happen. And I was too freaked out by it. And we turned it off and I've never seen the end of this movie. So it's well, been on my own personal redemption list. To finally, you've seen more than I have. <laughs> I haven't even seen any of it. <laughs> I've been wanting to like sit down and beginning to end really watch this giant cultural milestone for years. And maybe this week will be the week I actually do it. There you go. Okay, so pitch number one was The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Pitch number two was The Artist. Mm-hmm. And pitch number three was Titanic. Uh, oh man. So I'm honestly least inclined to pick Titanic oh. in my mind. <laughs> um, because I I I like Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, the c- creature does look a lot like Abe Sapien. It just wants me like make more Hellboy. I liked the movie a lot, but I also left it feeling like, oh, I miss Hellboy. Yeah, so I'm kind of inclined to pick that one because of his connection to Hellboy. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, I mean, I guess you could say pushing daisies a little on the artsy-fartsy side, but we haven't done like a good artsy-fartsy film you want to really class this up then yeah i think i i think i kind of want to go with that one because it's it's the most like just not not out of my comfort zone but just like the most out there of yeah the three i think in in terms of what it's doing mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure monster fucking is you know pretty out there but yeah. uh just in terms of like art style i i feel like this is the one that took the most risks yeah yeah i kind of want to do the artist okay cool we're gonna watch the artist this week yeah uh so yeah i'm excited i don't really know anything about it i didn't know the set in the 1920s i I just i I knew it was silent and that was it yeah and i know there's a dog in it well there you go even more reasons to pick this and watch it remember the dog was like a bigger star than anybody else in the movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, this is what I want to do with this podcast is like, I heard a lot about that thing once a couple years ago, and now nobody's talking about it. Can yeah. we talk about it? Yeah, that's what this is for. That's what this is for. I'm already formulating what I'm going to do for the week after that. I think I have a theme. Yeah. Two of them down. I need to pick one Themes. more. So it's not going to be romance. That's for sure. Uh, So... <laughs> So there you go. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about The Artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we said, new episodes of this show come out every Wednesday. If you want to get them early, patreon.com slash the whatnots for only a dollar. You can th- th- throw some pocket change our way. It'll help us out a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can. We had some mic issues yeah. today. Maybe th- throwing money at it will help. Uh, hopefully hopefully it can't hurt no all of the m- 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 money that we get uh from you guys supporting us goes back into the the, the show helps pay for domain names and storage space and all of that stuff and helps us make bigger better c- content for you all uh, and we would love to have your support 
Uh, but if you got no bucks to toss our way, that's a-okay. Just mm-hmm. help us out by retweeting the show, telling a friend, like, share, subscribe, sell your soul, hit the bell, whatever you have to do. Tell a homeless person. I don't know. I don't care. Just help spread the word. Uh, if you have any dollars, stuff, give does... them your dollars. <laughs> I mean, I mean th- th- yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, if, 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 if you want to... Uh, Tell a friend about the show or give us a review on iTunes. That would be helpful. We're also on Spotify. I don't know if Spotify does uh, reviews on there, but all of those things would help. Um, And it actually does help. I know a lot of podcasts say, oh, yeah, go give us a review. And you're like, yeah, right. I'm not going to spend a minute doing a review. (laughs) It doesn't have Uh, to be long. You just give us uh, an amount of stars, preferably five. And a selection of positive adjectives. Yeah. If you guys have positive reviews to send our way, that would help us a lot. Because those algorithms do actually uh, bump us up based on good reviews. Mm -hmm. Um, So there you go. That being said, Melissa, where can they find you on the interwebs? What's going on You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkieWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. There you go. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and if you guys want updates with this show or any of our other podcasts, you can follow us at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, we mentioned our Patreon. We mentioned our Twitch, all that stuff. Our website for more information, thewhatnots.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, The Artist. We will be back here for episode 45. We will see you then. Adios, guys. Bye. Bye.